0: Hey, what's going on everybody? It's the Voices of Misery podcast. Today is Sunday, December 1st, 2019. We are almost towards the new year. How the hell has your day been so far, Nerdette? It's been awesome. I'm excited. I am the nerd, and you are the Nerdette. We are going out of order only because, like she said, (laughs) we're very excited because today we are welcoming our, our new BFF, our new best friend in the whole wide world. Mr. Jonathan Tegg. He is an actor. He's been on multiple television shows. He's mm-hmm. on web series. He's a writer, director, actor. He's done so many different things. He's a father and a husband, more importantly. And before we introduce him to the show... We, this is actually being recorded after the show, because for some reason, like, our audio was a little bit choppy, so we cut that part out, and when you guys hear the beginning part of the show, you're right. going to hear a little bit of an echo as we figure things out. But, but it, things, mellow,
1: it stops it stops, yeah. it mellows
0: out. Things cleared themselves out. Do you have anything you want to say about the episode?
1: It was freaking amazing, and, like, it, yeah. it's been 10 minutes, and I want to call him back, so... Very cool. I just, I just, it, it, it flowed so easily, and I had such a good time talking to him that as soon as we hung up, I'm like, fuck... I have so many other questions but we yeah. went 2 hours. It, it was a 2 hour long interview, which is not normal for us, yeah, right? Yeah, for for interviews
0: we never go 2 hours. I try to keep them between right. 45 yeah. to 60 minutes. And that's what I we'll do this with This
1: one went so well and there was so much to yeah. talk about and he was so fun to talk to that yeah. I just want to call him back and be like, can we do another one? <laughs> very
0: cool, very open gentleman. He uh, he has very, very cool stories. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a really cool interview, and I enjoyed every second of it. Mm-hmm. Today's Sunday. We never put shows out on Sunday, but this one was so gosh darn good yeah. that I kind of wanted to put this one out. So we're editing it, and so we're going to put it out. And s-
1: stick it through the first, like, what, a minute like and 30 seconds or two, something like that? Two-minute
0: stops. There's a little bit There's of an a echo, little, but it yeah. clears up, and everything's it fine. It clears
1: up, and, and, and it's good. It, it's a very good interview and talk about a lot of different things. He's been on a lot of shit.
0: And it's also cool to get the behind the scenes. Like You peel back Mm -hmm. the curtain and kind of see what happens behind the scenes and what people's struggles are. Because you got to figure, a lot of people just see movies and they're like, oh, that person's rich and famous or they have it easy in life. But there's always a struggle. No matter what you're trying to do in life, there's a process. You have to start here and get there. And there's always the in-between part that people don't know. And that's what we tried to kind of figure out in this episode. And... I really hope you guys enjoy this one, man. This is this was very fun to record, and I can't wait to do it again.
1: I definitely want feedback for this one, and I want people to go and follow him and like because this yeah. he's cool. He's a cool, very dude. very cool
0: guy, very open, and he
1: friendly. follows you back and yeah. like he's an awesome guy. So. And he's got
0: some really good shit that you can go and enjoy out there. And we're gonna put all the links in the description of the podcast. But this is just us just trying to say, hey, man, you know, check this out. We enjoyed it, and we're excited for you guys to listen to this one. And like the that said, she really wants feedback. Give us a five star review on iTunes and send us and a. Let
1: him know that it was. You, exactly. You know, that you enjoyed the exactly. interview.
0: Hit him on Twitter and we're going to put the description in the link for the podcast. And you can also hit us up as well on our link to our podcast. And you can also go and uh, email us at podcast at gmail.com. But without further ado,
2: mm-hmm. let's, actor, get, let's get into writer, it
0: Writer, director, very cool guy all around, Mr. John Tay. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm good.
0: Thanks for having me
3: on. This is very, very
0: Well, thank you for coming on the show, because the thing, like, sometimes our, our, our name of the show, Voices of Misery, tends to scare people off, so I do appreciate you giving us a chance.
3: Well, at first, yeah, I was like, oh, God, shit, what am I getting into? <laughs> is this some kind of S&M thing? What's happening here?
4: <laughs> oh, God.
0: Now something really interesting <laughs> happened during during the uh, pre-show talk. You know, we just had a couple of minutes here. We just talked and introduced ourselves. And it turns out that we're both from New Jersey. So before, right. we going, now, before we get going here, I have to settle this. And, I'm, and I just want to know if this show going to go either good or bad. <laughs> Do you call it pork roll or Taylor ham? Oh, that, well, that is,
3: I called it both. But um, I think for the most part, it's always been Taylor Ham. Oh,
0: <laughs> boy, this is going to go south. Point, I'm telling I I grew up in a household where we always called it corporal, and I don't know what exactly this meat is, but it is phenomenal, and only people oh, can the, see, understand it. it.
3: It's the best thing in the world. And, you know, living in Los Angeles, you can't get it anywhere. Um, so it's a, it's a total drag, but. You know, when I go home, I try to go home at least once a year to visit my folks. I, I grew up in Chatham, New Jersey, which is in Morris County, um, you know, about, uh, I don't know, like about 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. And uh, any time I, anytime I go home, I mean, it's the first thing I want. You know, I, I want a Taylor ham, egg
0: and cheese sandwich. Um, what exactly and, is uh, the eat? <laughs> I'm sorry? Well, what exactly is is the meat? Because I, I I just know it tastes very good, but I don't know exactly what it is. Is it like spam? Is well, it? I'm guessing
3: that it's like it, it, I mean, it's a lot like bacon in a, in a way where it's just like. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's not like bacon. Maybe it's. it's I don't. You know what? I don't know what it is, but I know it's full. Of, <laughs> I know it's full of nitrate. It's horrible! So horrible for you, but I, you know what? I don't give a shit. It tastes so good. <laughs> that, um, you know, I, I can live with it. I mean, I wouldn't eat it every day, but, you know, if, if I was still living in Jersey, I would I would be eating it at least once a week.
0: <laughs> we actually found a, a deli here. We actually moved out, and uh, we live in South Carolina now in the Myrtle Beach area, and we found a supermarket that you can get it sliced from behind the counter. And the first time I asked for it, they sliced it thin, so that was the first mistake they made. Oh,
3: uh... <laughs> yeah, I- What 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 do you mean thin? Like like a prosciutto thin?
0: Oh yeah, it was it was like razor thin, and I'm like, how am I gonna fry this? You (laughs) can't, you can't. Oh, of course not. (laughs) You got to have the the the, the thickness and consistency
3: to make it awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. I love Taylor ham. I can talk about Taylor ham the whole time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Let's just make this a damn Taylor ham podcast, because I mean, it is a really great meat. I implore anyone out there to give it a shot. You can probably find it at your local supermarket. Unless you're uh, the West Coast, obviously.
3: Right. No, you can't get it out. Or at least I haven't found it out here. Um, you know, it, it's weird. Like, uh, I, I lived, I, you know, for the longest time, when I first moved out here, I, I lived in Hollywood. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of get tired of that and you move into the valley. Uh, you got a bigger place and then you kind of get tired of that. And now I'm I'm living out in Santa Clarita, which is about, about 15 or 20 minutes outside of Hollywood. Uh, It's kind of deserty out here, and it's hard to find like you know, it's hard to find like little creature comforts like that. Uh, But they did just recently open up a Dunkin' Donuts out here, which is amazing uh, because you know that's not a West Coast thing at all. The West Coast donuts out here is Krispy Kreme. Oh, gross! Yeah, those are good. Don't get me wrong, they're good. Um, But I was excited to have a Dunkin' Donuts and get an old fashioned and a cup of coffee. Yeah.
0: (laughs) How'd you make out during the fires out there? By the way,
3: it's uh, bad. Um, we've had a lot of fires this year, uh, and some of them have been pretty close to uh, pretty close to where we live. Um, you know, I've driven through them. Uh, it's, it's a weird feeling when you're tr- driving home and and both sides of the highway are on fire. Um, scary yeah yeah you know, it's it's scary yeah, it's very scary and and uh where my daughter goes to school, that area got really badly affected um and it's been yeah it's been a bad it's been a bad season for the fire, it's so dry out here um you know is but, but what's stranges we've had these massive amounts of rain uh this weekend, um which is like it's crazy, you know you think' you know. Of course, it rains like hell on Thanksgiving weekend. Um, yeah. So it was, you know, but, but we needed the rain badly, which is, you know, a good thing. Uh, but it's been so dry out here. And at one point, it was like we were having a fire a week for like about a month. And, um, at one, and I remember at one point, there were three different fires going on. There was a fire in, uh, like the Sherman Oaks area. Which is in the valley, and then there was a fire out where I live in uh, Santa Clarita, and then there was another fire out in Porter Ranch. So when you're on the highway, you see smoke two different, three different locations, and it
4: sort
3: it, of it looked like the apocalypse. It was like Jesus, you know. Uh, it's, it's strange. It's just, it's strange. Like this is like a thing that that now we have to kind of get used to out here, um, because I don't think. Get any better, any better? soon to be honest, I think unless something changes, um, uh, you know, it's, it's it's just so dry out here. And then when it rains, like it's been raining over this weekend, it you know it, it creates all this vegetation to regrow, and then there's more more fuel for the fire, and it's just, it's just out of hand. But uh, I know that there was a fire burning in Santa Barbara this past week. It was really bad. It's like, you know. Luckily, you know, we had all this rain to, I guess, you know, knock it out. So that's okay. you know.
0: Now, is the appeal for you still living there? Is it because of your career, or is like, there are the fires enough to kind of scare you out and maybe like move back? Oh well, yeah, just... I mean, the fires
3: definitely totally are scary. But yeah, you know, we've been—I've been, I've been mm. living out in in, Los, in the Los Angeles area now longer than <laughs> longer than I've ever lived anywhere.
4: Excuse me. <laughs> oh no, no, that's fine, that's fine. But
3: I've been living out is, here longer than than anywhere else. Uh, right.
0: Oh that's fine. Take a sip of water my man. Uh, but uh, but right. yeah. some, uh, I mentioned uh, but yeah, that I was, Oh I'm I'm sorry, I go right that.
3: Well this is anyway, my wife has two businesses out here, uh, we're kinda locked in. Um, this is where the work is, you know. Even though they shoot stuff all over the world Uh, And, uh, you know, we shoot a lot of stuff in Canada and in Atlanta and, you know, New York. Most of the casting and most of the real action is still in Los Angeles.
0: So it hasn't gotten too polluted. I mean, like, do you ever show up to a set and there's like a million other people just standing around waiting to audition? Or have you gotten past that point in your career where you don't have to do that? Oh, my God, no.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I wish. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm still out there, you know, scrapping away with everybody else. Uh you know, it's uh but I you know, I'll say this for the longest time when I moved out here, I moved out here in two thousand and um I I I booked a couple things here and there, you know, right off the bat and then it dried up and then there was nothing for years. And I had to, you know, I basically just said, you know what, I'm in that weird area, that gray area. You know, I was too young to do certain roles and I was too old to do certain roles. So nobody really knew what to do with me. And, and, uh, and so I took a break. <clears throat> I took a little bit of a break and, and kind of reassessed how I wanted to do things and who I wanted to be in this industry and how I wanted to be seen. I came up with, uh, with an idea for a web series, and that's pretty much what kind of re-pick-started my, uh, my career. Um, uh, and I, did, I, I created my own content, and then people started to see me in the way I wanted to be seen. But I still had, I still had to audition for everything. Um, you know, occasionally I'll get lucky and, and get asked to be in something, you know, through friends or through a, a connection. But I'm still out there hammering it away, you know, casting uh, directors' offices. And and, and now the big thing is doing uh, uh, self tapes where you've got to put yourself on tape uh, and send it off to the casting director. And that that creates a whole other challenge because a lot of times you're left on your own to do it and you don't have somebody reading with you. So you've got to figure out a way to make that work. And then you gotta light it, you gotta buy all these lights, and you gotta have a camera, and, and so it's, it's like a whole new, it's a whole new thing that actors had to go through, but it's now become part of the industry, and, and, you know, we all have to, we all have to do it now. I mean, we all complain about it, but we all have to do it. There's nothing better than when you audition to go into a room and actually have somebody across the room reading with you, so there's chemistry. And, uh, connection, and connection with the reader. When you do self-tapes, you don't have any of that. Especially like, you know, like my wife sometimes helps me, you know, she, she'll be the one reading opposite of me. And of course, you know, we get in huge arguments about
4: it. <laughs>
3: and it, it creates, you know, some friction. So it, it, it's, always, uh, it's always interesting um, doing a self tape But yeah, I still audition for everything, pretty much.
1: Do you get nervous before auditioning for a role?
3: Absolutely. Yeah, yeah totally. crazy. Um, I I feel like sometimes I if I if I'm if I'm not I feel like if I'm not uh nervous then something's wrong.
4: Right, okay.
3: You know what I mean? Like um I mean there has been times when I've walked in and I've aced it and I felt really confident and I know I aced it, but I didn't get the part. And there are other times, like with Lucifer when I auditioned for that. I mean, it was, it was a small role. Right. It, you know, everybody, you know, everybody my age that, that isn't a star, you know, got called in to read for it. And uh, and I remember I felt like i completely botched that audition. And I remember walking out. It was on the Warner Brothers lot. They have a little office there for Lucifer. And uh, half an office was in like an upstairs kind of bungalow room. And I went in, I did the audition, and I was looking, at, and it's funny because when you're in the room with the other actors, you know, waiting to go get called in to audition, uh, you know, it, it, it's a weird thing, like a lot of, some, some guys like to swipe each other out, um, other guys are real, real quiet, and you've got like the guys that know somebody and they start off some loud conversation, and it's always, you know, a nerve-wracking experience. There's just a lot of nervous energy in the waiting room, no one get called in you know, you do your take on, on the character. And I remember when I got called in, I walked into the room and I had this whole kind of thing mapped out in my head how I wanted it to go. And that went completely out the window. When, you know, when the reader started reading. I wanted to come in, like, really, really intense. Because I, I play a lot of intense characters. Mm-hmm. And... um you know, it's just kind of my my the thing I fall back on the most, and uh, and I came in and and I, I read it, and it was a little bit more. They wanted it to be more intense than what I normally do because the scene is kind of a movie within the, the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: it was it was very
3: weird. <laughs> yeah, I know, and I'm sure it freaked out you know out everybody when thats
1: yeah i was I was watching like what the hell is going on
3: <laughs> yeah and but you know um they wanted they wanted to be like full- on you know uh you know almost like a Serpico kind of you know uh, you know cop character um and and I went in and and i I gave it my thing, and then they said, no, we need more and so I just I went even harder and I thought I went so hard that. Um, and I, I it was so over the top that I blew it and then they thanked me and I walked out and, uh, when I got downstairs, I, I, I I'm glad nobody saw it happened, but I kicked the wall really, really hard and I, and I get home and, uh, you know, I, I mean, what you got to do is after these auditions, you got to like, you know, basically just. Put it out of your mind and forget all about it because otherwise you just dwell on it, you know, all day long. And I, I thought, that well, I just completely fucked that up. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> so then the next day, the next day, I get called and and I, and I book the role, and I'm like, jeez, you know. So you never know, um, and you know, being nervous. Like I said earlier, if you're not nervous, I think something's wrong for sure.
0: Hey, let me ask you a question, because you were talking about how you were in the room with all these other actors, and, like, everyone's waiting for a chance to read. Uh, You did say something that kind of piqued my interest, and now I'm very curious. What kind of pettiness goes on between, like, actors, like, maybe trying to get an edge on someone else? Like, what kind of things do they do to each other to psych each other? out? Like, what do they say?
3: Well, what happens, I think, a lot of times is that there's so much nervous energy in the room that people want to start talking to each other, and then they kind of lose focus. And, but then there's, there's, there's other people that come in, uh, that just like to, you know, kind of show off a little bit. Um, they'll talk about something that they just booked or, 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 you know, like, Hey, I just did this thing or they try to schmooze up the, the casting assistant, uh, or, or something, whoever's, whoever's running the casting. Um, there's always like little things here and there, um, you know, sideways looks at each other, like sizing each other up, seeing who's right for the character and who's not physically. Uh, that's something that, you know, everyone kind of does it. I mean, I sit down and, and what I like to do is when I sit down, I, I like to take my hands kind of like Tiger Woods and just put my hands over my eyes, uh, kind of like a tunnel vision type of thing. And, and uh, I try not to look or talk to anybody because I just don't want, I don't want that interference. Uh, I, and uh, I just like to try to stay as focused as I can. I always try to meditate a little bit before I go into just to kind of get myself centered. It
0: makes a lot I of sense. That makes a lot of sense, because in a situation like that, you really don't want to talk to other people, because, you know, everyone's out for themselves at that point. It's a really cutthroat business, from what I understand, as an outsider, you know, looking in.
3: Right. And, I mean, I think guilty, like, if I see somebody, like, I've got a lot of friends that, you know, that, I run into occasionally you know at auditions and i always keep it real real short hey what's up man did she is you know who will you reading for i agree for the same thing All right cool i'll let them do the same and then i i let them go over and you know get into, into their space and i go and get into my space and that's about it it's like there's i've been in rooms where guys go on and on and on just bullshitting trying to one-up each other um and after a while it's like it's sickening i i i hate it. Um, that's you, the part uh, of auditions that I hate. I hate sitting and listening <laughs> to the bullshit that, that flies around. Um, I, I just kind of wish I just kind of make like, people quiet and, and,
4: you know, go over their line and get ready. Do you find it hard to make relationships and friendships <laughs> in situations like that? I've lost
3: parts of friends, yeah. Um, that's, mm-hmm. you know, of course, you know, <laughs> you know, you, when you see a friend of yours, uh, book a role that you went out for, you're always like, God, yeah, oh, i Um, you know, but it happens. I, I don't think I've lost friends, uh, in, in that sense. Um, I think what, what some, one of the things that happens is when you start to work a lot, um, God, it's kind of a hard thing to explain. When, when you work a lot, some friends either they they cut, either they're jealous or they cut you completely off, which is a weird thing. I've had I've experienced that a couple times in my life. Um, but you know it's it's brutal uh, brutal way to make a living and and you know it's it's, it's tricky you know um, it's a numbers game in a lot of ways too. Uh, and I, I felt like the longer I stay in it more opportunity I have um, right. the older I get the more people drop out you know right uh, you know a lot of people my age you know I'm going to be 50 next year and um, but I don't feel like it it's also well like I'm 27 um, a lot of the people that I that I kick up with are gone and they, they just it, it's it, it's incredibly difficult and You've got to be a certain type of lunatic to really want to do this. Um, I don't recommend it to anybody. And when people ask me, you know, what advice do you have for other actors, I like, tell them straight up, don't do it. Unless, yeah. it's just, unless this is all you can do, and all you think about from the second you wake up to the second you go to bed. Otherwise, you know, you're you're in for a world of of disappointment and um, and rejection, constant rejection. Um, You know, a good friend of mine uh, that I came up with, his name's Matt Matt Del Negro. Um, You've seen him in everything. He was in The Sopranos, and he was in Scandal, and and, uh, he's a great actor. He does tons of stuff. He has a good uh, podcast called 10,000 Nodes where he talks about, you know, how many no's you have to experience in life, you know, in, in in you know, when you're an actor and it kind of translates into other things too, but for some reason acting seems to be like the most rejection riddled um artistic endeavor. You know, it's the only art form that you have to be invited to participate in.
1: Yeah. Right, yeah, yeah that's, that's true. true. I never thought about it. You gotta have
0: really you know? thick skin as well because like you were saying, um, you know, I've seen actors over the years that I've watched, you know, as as a fan of, and they just disappear and fall off the face of the earth. Either they, you know, they start off young, they get too old, you can't cast them anymore, you know. And I'm not even like saying like old. I'm thinking like a kid who's like five years old. They're a cute kid on a TV show. They turn 13, they go through the awkward stages, and they're gone, and you never see or hear from again. Like they kept from the sixth sense that Haley Joel Osment. You don't see him anymore, really.
3: Well, he, you know, he was just on Voice uh, um, uh, on Amazon. Really. Yeah, he he plays a great character. He's a, he's a, plays a great character on that. That, And, but yeah, but that's a trap too. Like when you're a childhood star, you get pigeonholed into doing that thing. Yes. You know, like Macaulay Culkin is a good example. Um, Yes. I don't, I don't know him at all, but, um, you know, from what I understood, you know, he made his money and, uh, and then he just kind of, I don't think he, I think, I think he was kind of smart enough to realize that, you know, Probably wasn't what he wanted to be doing. with his was,
0: um, yeah, he, yeah. He, he, does, he, uh, has I, I he has a podcast. He has what? He has a podcast right now. It's doing pretty decent, but I don't think he does any more acting. I think he's just living off that Home Alone money because every year he hits bank when it, you know, goes on TV a hundred times a day.
2: <laughs> oh
3: yeah. And that's the other thing is the baggage
0: comes so along with it. You yeah. know, it. it's Macaulay
3: Culkin, and I don't think you know. I feel like he probably has a really hard time stepping outside of what people think he is. Right. You know, um, but his brother is, is a really good actor. His brother's on uh, Succession. I don't know if you guys watched that on HBO, but that is a fantastic show.
1: I uh, tried that, and I, I did like it. I, um, I'm um i not caught up through it, so I haven't seen season two at all.
3: Yeah, the, 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 the characters are not very likable, but... Uh, we, they kinda of grow on you, which is what's really interesting about that show. It, um mm-hmm. but yeah, you know, I mean or, you know, I, I could be totally wrong about you know what I talk do. maybe he does want to act do it. But it, you know it, it seems like you know um once you get labeled a certain thing it becomes much harder for uh for you to move on to do other things. Mm-hmm. That was funny
1: what um what type of role to play is your favorite? do you have a favorite or no?
3: well you know recently I've been playing a lot of cops and a lot of like detective roles and things like that um mm-hmm. you know i i i guess to say my brand is kind of like the reluctant hero type right um uh so but you know, I used to I used to really like playing when I was younger and kind of you know shooter, I guess I I used to like playing like the, the romantic lead and things. But, uh, and I had I had a little bit of a of a you know first when I was when I was younger playing those roles. But as I got older, those roles kind of fell away. Um, but yeah, I mostly play like the guy who's kind of struggling down on his luck or you know uh, put into a, a situation where he's you know he's not really well equipped but has to figure it figure it out uh, i like those roles they're, they're fun and, and you know i've been i've played a couple bad guy roles here and there and that's been interesting um yeah. i i would like to kind of pursue that a little bit more because i think those are you know, those are tons of fun to play. Uh, I was
1: right? just gonna say that. I mean, that would I would think would be so much fun to be a bad guy,
3: <laughs> just go oh, around yeah, with totally. people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but you know, it's, it's funny. Um, uh, you know. <laughs> I've also like I don't know why this is happening, but I've been called in a couple of times to play a pedophile, which is like, what the oh hell is that God. about? <laughs> 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 so, I don't know. What <laughs> yeah, I, don't know what, I don't know what's going on there. Um, and uh, those are all you know. When I get called in to do those, I'm always like, do oh, I really want to? Do I really want to put myself out there for this? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it's. When you're when you're in kind of a, when you're an actor in my position, you can't really turn anything down, and especially if it's a show like something like Ray Donovan or something like that, you're called in to play like pedophile creep. ah, like, oh, shit! All right, okay, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so you go in and you try you try to knock it out. Uh, well that's
0: really interesting too though and and the reason why i want to like kind of elaborate a little bit more on this is because there's people out there that can't separate fact from fiction so they'll, they'll see you playing a pedophile and then they'll see you at the grocery store and they'll be like hey hey there's the pedophile guy because for some reason there's this weird attachment that people have to something they've seen on tv that they can't separate it so i mean I would <laughs> be part of it too. yeah no i'm yeah it's
3: something that, that I, that's a part of you know the whole thing that i would not want to you know, be a part of. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to avoid that as much as I can. But you know, it, it's funny I, when I some of the roles and some of the things that I do, um, I like to go, I like to really submerge myself into them and kind of disappear into them. And, and like a lot of times, you know, I don't get really recognized for anything, um, which is kind of, which is kind of good for me at my age because that means I can do lots of things
0: how do you prepare for specific roles? Like, let's say if you're going to play a detective, will you reach out to the local police department and maybe like go on to ride along or shadow, or do you just kind of just figure it out? You know, I've never
3: done that. Uh, and I've got some cop friends that I kind of wanted to, you know, ask them if I could you know, do a ride along with them. or just kind of like, you know, tell them, you know, for the day, and just kind of see what their, their day in and out is. But for the most part, I, you know, I, I try to come up with things that are happening in my life that are similar or experiences that I've had in my life that are similar and, and try to um, uh, substitute my experiences through the experiences of the characters going through. Um, I trained in, in New York as a method actor, so I've got that, that background where... Um, I fall back on a lot of those techniques. Um, okay. But but as far as like, you know, like I'll do research. Like, I'll you know, the internet's the greatest thing in the world. Because when I first started out, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have any of that. We didn't have okay. cell phones, nothing. You know, and now you've got all these things in your fingertips. And, and so, like, I research as much as I can. I just recently auditioned for a part, um, I can't really talk about it because I, I well, I didn't book it, but and I don't think, you know, I, I should Talk about what it is. So I can give you like a vague kind of, of description. It's a historical figure, um, that's, you know, pretty well known in a certain field. And I had to do research on, on this guy. And well, the funny thing is, I, I look nothing. I look nothing like the guy. Um, so, and, and, and those are fun because, like, when when you you know when you look nothing like the guy and they call you in. That means that they like you as an actor, yeah. And they want to see they want to see what you can bring in that's unique. So I went in and I just had a blast auditioning for that part. But um, like I said, I can't talk about it. But um, uh, it would have been a really fun part. But I, you know, I know I'm not right, it, and it was just nice to be able to go in and audition for that casting director because they one to see biggest.
0: Of course, of course, you got to get your name out there. You got to build your brand. But I kind of want to go back to the beginning real quick because this is a crazy sure. business that so we're talking about it here, Hollywood and acting. What made you want to get into acting? Did you find something like a, like did you watch a movie, maybe attach yourself to a certain actor or, or see a certain scene that you're like, this is what I want to do with my life?
3: Well, I, you know, I I never really thought about being an actor, um, but I remember when I. You know, I'm sure this is this is a story that a lot like a lot of guys my age will probably tell you the same thing. When I saw I saw Star Wars in 1977, I was seven years old. That changed my life. That made me have a, a deep, deep appreciation for movies and storytelling. Um, I, I really started getting into science fiction and, and all that through Star Wars. Um, so there might have been the spark of me wanting to be an actor, you know, or at least try it. But the thing was, like, where I grew up, it was, like, the idea of being an actor was, like, I didn't know any actors. I didn't, you know, know what you even had to do to become an actor. Um, I had no, uh, I didn't want to do any of the, like, the school plays or anything like that. I wanted nothing to do with any of that. And what happened to me was I got into music and, and, and I, I became, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bass player and I had um you know, a band in high school and I was kind of a really quiet, kinda of shy kid in high school. I didn't you know, I had friends but I wasn't popular in any sense of the word. But when I when I picked up guitar and I and I joined the band, all of a sudden like things started to kinda of change. Um I was kinda of getting noticed, I was known as a guy fans the and then I was performing in front of people which gave me the kind of confidence to be able to do things. And then when I went to college, um I kinda of fell into acting backwards because I was going to college to study uh of music engineering. But the the program that they had, um, I guess they got rid of the engineering pro- program. It was, I went to college in High Point, North Carolina. And uh um, and somehow I just kinda of fell into into theater from like I didn't have anywhere to go, right? And they needed help in the sound department in the theater, so I offered the help and I saw the you know, a rehearsal of a play and I was like, This is really cool, I'd like to try it and when I tried it and that's kind of how it happened. Um, and I fell in love with it because it was a lot deeper than I thought it than I than I thought it'd be. I thought acting was just a bunch of bullshit like you know, guys up there lying right. and, and and you know, and and but I didn't realize how technical things are and how um you know, how deep you can go into things, and, and the amount of work that goes into things. Like, you know, if you, if you look at a movie, a good movie, there are incredibly talented people like, from all walks of life, putting that thing together to make it look mm-hmm. seamless. You know, from the art department, to the, you know, pet dressers, and, and to the, you know, the makeup artists, and the, um, you know, the, the lighting guys, I mean, everything is it's a science and, and you've got to be incredibly skilled um to uh to, to make a living in that world. Um it's a magical thing. It's a it's a miracle that movies even get made because of how expensive they are and what a gamble it is to make them. um uh I, I'm always fascinated uh you know whenever anybody is able to pull together something from scratch and make something beautiful it, 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 it makes my heart think. Yeah, I kind of fell into acting backwards, to be honest. And once I kind of got the bug, I was I I, I went all in, and I've been all in nineteen. Uh, well, three. Yeah, I guess it's nineteen nineteen eighty eight. Really?
1: Wow. Now, how did your family feel about you choosing that path, going into acting? Is that something I that they, you were, were I they were happy ex- about?
3: Well, I think they were excited at first, you know, when, you know, because I found something to do at college because I, I was thinking about dropping out because I didn't, you know, they didn't have my, uh, I, they didn't have my, my thing I wanted to study there anymore. So at least I found something that kind of kept me interested in, kept me in school.
4: Right.
3: Uh, and then when they saw me, they would come to, my mom and dad would come down to visit me at school and they would watch the plays and I think they were, they were like, oh wow, he's actually kind of good at those. And they've always been very, very supportive. Um, pretty much with anything I've ever wanted to do, they've always been supportive, and I'm sure that you yes. know it wasn't easy, it wasn't easy for them because there were times where I was I was you know it was a pain. It's, it's a painful experience being an actor because you're kind of on your own. It's, I, I I kind of imagine it being like a tennis player, you know, or like a, like a pro golfer, or, or like you know somebody who's in a sport where they're not on a team. You know, it, it, it's it's a very solitary kind of singular experience. Um, and, you know, I, I've gone through some down times, and I'm sure it was hard for them to watch. Um, and, you know, it's still a constant struggle, you know. Um, but when it got to the point where like, I couldn't do anything else, I think they just kind of, you know, accepted the fact that this is who he is and what he does and the burger supports. So they've always been great to me in that way. And they bailed me out a bunch of times,
0: you know, over the years. How'd you make ends meet when you were starting out and, you know, paying your dues? Well, uh, that, when I started
3: out uh, in New York, this was in the early 90s, like around, you know, uh, New York in 92. And back then, New York was great because uh you could live as an artist, you could have your, you know, shitty job, waiting tables and, and you could go to acting class and then you could occasionally book the you know, the gig. You know, you could be on there was like soap operas and, and uh independent things and tons of commercials that were shooting out in New York and, and lots of like, you know, industrial like training videos. So and and trade shows. And they were always that hiring actors to trade shows. So there was all this stuff that you could do. You just had to kind of figure out a way to get in. Uh, but yeah, you hit the ground running. Uh, and a lot of times, in, you know, you make your best connections in acting classes. So you would be in an acting class and you would hear somebody say, Oh, hey, they're doing the, the the toy fair um, and they need actors. And you're like, All right, well, how do I get back in? You? You're like, Oh, well, let's just call this person and they'll set you up for a meeting. And then all of a sudden, you're, you're kind of, you figure it out as you go. Uh, sure. And back then, too, I mean, this is pre-internet. You have to wait around. For, for, yeah. Uh, you'd have to wait around for backstage magazines to come out. They would come out once a week, and they would ha- they would have big castings in there, like for whatever, like student films or or, or short films or uh, um, uh, you know, independent films. And, and then you would take your headshot and resume, and you put it in your manila envelope, and you. Go down and send it out before anybody else sent theirs out. She'd be like waiting, you know, early in the morning for that that uh, backstage magazine to, to drop at the local newsstand, pick it up, and then you'd be, you know, hustling to get your headshots out and get the mail before anybody
1: else. Yeah, um, that's stressful, man. I can't even imagine. It, it was stressful,
3: and it was expensive because yeah. headshots were not cheap, they were expensive. And then you had to do the postage, and all that's expensive, and, you know, you had to have a computer with a printer, and that was exciting. So you have to, you know, you write your cover letter. And like, back then was the a whole, it a whole new way of doing it. Now Everything's really submitted online, and, and, uh, nobody carries headshots around with them anymore, which is really, really kind of, a <laughs> good thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, back then it was, it was much harder. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I kind of, you know, would make anything. I was waiting tables for a while, and I hated it. I, I was the worst because I just didn't care if, if people were happy or not with their food. You know? it, 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 a lot of times, you know, when you're, when you're young and, and you're, you know, you're living in New York City and, and you know, basically you would wait tables and then you would blow all that money you know, right after your shift sitting at the bar with all your after friends that were waiting tables, too. So, I mean, you figured it out, you know, you kind of got by, and then when you start looking work, then it kind of becomes, you know, becomes more real, and you start to kind of, you know, take it a lot more seriously. But at first, it was kind of like, this is a lot of fun, and then it became a job, for
0: sure. Hey, now, here's a question I got for you. Um, Yeah. So, you worked on a lot of different sets, like soap operas, and, uh, you Mm know, movie sets, and... We watched soap operas, or we used to watch General Hospital way back in the day, and we know you had a part in that as well. Yeah. Uh They film those things every single day. What is the pace like on the set of a soap opera? I imagine people running around like chickens with their heads cut off as opposed to being in a movie where you can kind of take your time. Let me tell you something.
3: Those soap opera actors, the people that are involved in those shows, are the hardest working people in showbiz.
4: Yeah, I can Um, imagine. That's
3: tough. Those those shows are not easy to make because you are literally getting pages of dialogue sometimes five minutes before you go on camera. Um, so it's like a boot camp. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's some magic about doing those things. I, I personally, I, I, I did a lot of soap opera work in New York. I did all my children and Guiding Light and a bunch of things out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was lucky I did see, you know, uh, 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 General Hospital, uh, out here. But, um, when I was in New York, I was doing a lot more of them. And I was just always just blown away by how quickly things moved and how, uh, focused everybody was and how, um, uh, how much they all really enjoyed doing. um, like, you know, the soap opera. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, the soaps, you know, like, you see those guys that are on them forever. Oh, they got the golden handcuffs on. They can't leave because they're just getting so much money to do this show. And, and but I think a lot of them really like it. It's a family environment. You know, you, you're you working with a lot of the same people that, you, you know, for years and years. When well, you work on a movie or a TV show, a lot of the time, you know, you never see those people again. Right. You know, um, like I got really spoiled by my first re roll in a feature film. Uh We it was a bunch of young young people and uh, you know a really good ensemble cast, and we got you know sequestered up into the uh, mountains in the Berkshires in Massachusetts for a month, made a movie, and the bond and the relationships and the friendships that we developed over that period of a month were really intense and really strong and then all of a sudden the movie's over and everyone disappears
4: oh see that sucks
3: yeah it's like you know where did everybody go yeah so but you know I I look at soap you know soap actors and and people that work in soaps and I have the absolute like highest amount of respect for those people because it's such a grind and Um, and they care about it and and they go out there and and they do it. And a lot of times they're doing it for the fans, you know. Right. Um, They love their fans. Uh, I think that's so cool. Like, you know, I hate when people give soap a bad name. I think soap is great. And I hate the fact that they're kind of becoming a dying art form. Um, They are. Like, man, they are. But you see, what's really strange now is that soap opera is being replaced with things like pro wrestling. Pro wrestling is <laughs> pro wrestling is, is soap opera. Yes.
4: Yeah, you're
2: yeah, right. You are it, it, it. it, it, it totally is, is. and it's
3: it's on such a huge grand scale. Um you know, uh I think that, you know, pro wrestling definitely took a page from soap operas to to kind of follow along, you know, to to develop storylines and, and you know, crazy villains and and you know, I mean, um, I think that's, that's become the evolution. It's like self-offer has started to kind of turn into this other space. Maybe yeah. it'll come back. I don't know. It, uh, but, uh, nice. Why you know, not? Maybe not, I mean, well, maybe that's what web series is. You, know, you know, I, I, am I'm big into the web series world. Well, I think web series is the new punk rock.
1: Yeah, what is what is up with that? There's, like, a lot of... You can watch anything online now. Like, you know, a little web series, a short film, or, like, whatever. It's probably people's
0: attention spans going.
1: I, yeah, I think that's well, what it that, is. Well, that has a lot to do with it. You know, I, I
3: created a show called The Rolling Soldier. Um,
2: I
1: loved that show. Oh, thank you so much. Loved that show. Like, why is it... Like, people... I, I did look online today to see what people had um, said about it. And a lot of people were like, Why is there no season two?
0: We got him here. Let's uh, let's, let's get it out of him. He's here. Uh, so
1: so good.
3: <laughs> um, because it was really hard to make and cost money. Yeah. <laughs> There's a um, there. I love it. You know, the the story behind that is uh I was I was trying to reintroduce myself. I took a long break from that day when I came back in. But I need all the footage from the other shows that I've done in the past was really faded and I didn't look the same anymore and, and I needed to figure out a new way to present myself. And so the Rolling Soldier gave me that opportunity. So I decided to create a character that was kind of, you know, something I knew I could definitely do. And, um, and, uh, and then I took everybody that was around me that I was close with at the time that were actors that I knew were good, um, and I, I kind of tailored their characters, their personalities, and, and then I looked around to see what I had around me that I could use for sets and, and, you know, props and things and started kind of stimulating, uh, and did a quick little Indiegogo fundraiser for it. And, uh, I, we got, we got, we didn't get the money we wanted, but we got some money and then we just kind of made it happen. Um, right. we shot it gorilla style uh, all over Los Angeles and, and, you know, out in the desert and uh and um you know I had no intent when I made the pilot episode I had no intention at all of doing any more except for the pilot because all I wanted to do was make a little pilot thing, presentation where I could show it to people, and be like, I can do this role. Right. You know this is this is something I can do and, you know, I was going to use that as kind of a you know vehicle, but then uh, when I showed the pilot to people, I was like, "Well, what happens next? This is great." Well,
1: that, that's the problem. Like every episode had like a cliffhanger. Like you can't you can't just do yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I was literally yeah, watching. I, I, I'm and, like, "What what just happened?" And I, I immediately hit the second episode.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, that's, the, that's that was the point. And you know, I've never I've never written or directed anything in my life, uh, so it was a new experience for me. And when it was, when I had it all kind of done and like, you know, I, I had to teach myself how to, uh, you know, how to direct and act at the same time on, on the job, which was yeah. really hard. And thank God I had a, you know, a really good cinematographer who would say, well, you know, if we do it like this, you know, we can get this knocked out really quick. You know, we were running against the clock all the time and we were running from, you know, from police because we didn't even have any permits. To shoot oh, anywhere, so everything was wow. we, were steal- we were everything we were stealing shots all over the place, <laughs> you, using locations that you know would say, you know, we'll let you shoot here, but if you if anything happens, do you guys have insurance. We'd be like, no, we don't have any insurance. They're Like, well, uh, just don't burn the place down.
2: <laughs> oh God! <laughs> and, hey,
3: and hopefully not I'm sorry, guys.
0: Oh no! Go right ahead and finish up the story because this is great.
3: Um, And and then what happened from there was, uh, you know, once it was all said and done and finished, I I had to stop. I'm like, what do I do with all this? Yeah. Uh, You know, and and I was sitting at a cafe, you know, coffee in in the Valley. And uh, there's a guy and a girl sitting next to me. And I overheard them, And he was talking to this girl about what she needs to do in order to get her web series into these web series festivals. My ears perked up. i was like, what?
4: Actually, yeah. excuse
3: me, I, I I can't help but overhear you. I, I just finished shooting a web series, and I'm trying to figure out what to do with it. And then he like, well, you've got to get to these, these festivals. I, like, I, didn't, I had no idea that there was even a, a festival circuit for this kind of thing. But it's massive. And really? It, it, yeah. And, like, all these – it started off kind of quiet, but not, now it's like a thing that, if, you know, if you create a web series and you want to try to get your show out there, you've got to do these festivals. And now all these buyers are coming in and looking for content to put, you know, it was like, and they're 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 checking out these web series festivals to, you know, come up with new content for their networks. Um, so I I I submitted to a bunch, you know, not thinking I was gonna get into any of them, you know. Right. Um, and before I get to that, after we were done shooting and it was all done, I had to do all the post production work myself. Um, oh my god. Like I'd never edited uh a movie before uh, I've never done color correction or syncing audio or any of that stuff, so I mean I had to teach myself how to become a filmmaker. I basically went to film school with with my project right, and, which was amazing and um and then I submitted to these festivals, and I got into a bunch of them. And, oh, this is great, you know, I can go and that work and travel a little bit, and, you know, meet some other people and maybe, you know, try to get some work, you know, with some other people. Right. I, mean, I still wasn't, I still wasn't booking anything. I was still kind of like in the dead zone of my career. And then I started winning awards for it.
1: I was just going to uh, say, you, I, I knew you won some awards for it because it, it was so good, man. You need to do another well, one.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, I've been, I've been. Lately I've been thinking about it a lot because, you know, I just recently went to the New Jersey Web Fest and I won that factory there, which was really nice. Those guys are,
4: awesome. that
3: was a really good festival and those guys did a great job leaving that festival together. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know, I've been thinking to myself lately, like, you know, maybe I should maybe take another look at it. Maybe mm-hmm. there's something I could come up with, you know, as far as, you know, so like the possibilities there, it's a matter of the, the will to do it because it's so much work. Because, I mean, uh, I just, you, I
1: just, you wrote it. Just, like, how did you come up with the idea for for that whole storyline? Well,
3: I, I, I wrote it. I, I said, okay, what kind of character do I, do I want to be seen as in the industry? Who, what can I do? And I've always been a, like a um, – I, I like characters like Harrison Ford plays and like Steve McQueen plays, and like, you know, older actors and, you know, those kind of like um, – uh, you know, uh, political thriller type of situations, and so I had this idea for, and it was kind of, it, it was kind of like a um, two words, um, a metaphor for kind of like what I was going through in my life, um, where I had an idea for a character who gets injured in Afghanistan. He's a really skilled assassin. He gets injured in Afghanistan, and he wakes up ten years later. And finds out that he's in in hiding and on the run and with what's But basically, his feet he worked with this covert operation. And the metaphor was kind of like you know, ten years of of being in a coma kind of was a metaphor for the ten years where I couldn't get arrested in actor. Right, uh, and so I, I, I wanted to keep it on a personal level like that, and I think that's what kind of makes the story cool because we don't have a lot of like, there's not a lot of, you know, there's action, but it's not like gratuitous, you know, like action movie action. It's like real quick, like violence, yeah, uh, which which I think is way more impactful, much more realistic, uh, in my
1: opinion. There was, um, and, I mean, the episodes are only like ten, eleven minutes long, and there's so much. Right going on in those 10 minutes, like, you, you, you get sucked in, and you just, yeah. like, it, it's amazing how, like, a, a show can do that.
3: <laughs> I'm so <laughs> you know? glad that you, I'm so glad that you watched it because um, I love talking to people about, you I, mean, I do not get to talk much about that, people, um, people that have seen it, you know, I, I, I get a, I, a couple of nice messages here and there. Uh, online with it, and I get the attention from people at like the web series community and, and web fest world that other than that, I, I don't really ever get to talk about it with anybody. Right. so, it's so nice being able to kind of chat about it
1: well, that's your yeah. that's like your baby. you know you you wrote it and yeah. you started it, and like that's awesome, yeah. And then I
3: recently uh, I've, I've come up with a new um show idea that I'm in the process right now of pitching called The Dark Roads. Which is kind of a time travel horror sci-fi, um, story. And, uh, we spent this whole year basically, um, uh, putting together a, uh, basically a pitch video, um, like a trailer to, uh, pitch to networks. Uh, I, I didn't want to turn it into a web series because I felt like it's, it's more of a, an hour-long type of episodic show. Yeah. And uh so we we did a Kickstarter uh last Christmas, which was a, you know, I at the time I thought it was a terrible idea because who's gonna give up money at Christmas to fund the project? And we ended up uh fully funding the trailer in the first day. Awesome. And then from uh, yeah, and then from from there we um uh we were able to raise, you know, more money over that month. And we ended up raising enough money to shoot a short film kind of uh piece. Uh, as well so we not only do we have the pitch trailer but we also have the short film and um trailer's done the short film is still being there's still some things that are being worked on with that um and i'm excited about it. i'm excited about the, the the people i worked with and the cast and crew and um my my, my partner uh carly street who helped me co-write it and, and produce it um she's in london and um She's an amazing writer, if she has to check out some of her stuff. Um oh, of course. Of course. Uh, and that, now what we're doing now is we're you know, we're in the process now of trying to make connections uh with showrunners and producers to try to try to get some pitch meetings and maybe sell the show. Um, and see what happens. You know, and, and I'm real proud of this one. I mean, I'm very proud of the Rolling Soldier. that that, that that's my baby. Uh, yeah. this, this is my this is my new uh, kind of endeavor, and again, it's like I wanted I wanted to create a project um, showing another side of me um, because like I we all know I can do the cop thing and the and the detective thing, and you know, but now I wanted to show like the kind of the hero thing. Uh, of course, and, and so there's. I think there's a lot of uh, potential with it, and I'm hoping you get some some music. So, if there's any showrunners or producers listening out there (laughs) that want to to talk about a really cool sci-fi time travel thing.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Uh, really interesting, because you're doing the, the whole time travel thing, and I love watching TV shows, because I like to look not at the action on the screen, but what's going on behind the screen, because... Uh, or, or, well, like the set pieces, because the thing about time travel is you got to be really precise. And there's a couple right. of scenes in certain time travel things where, like, you'll see, like, a modern-day Pepsi bottle in, like, 1974 or whatever. And you're like, wait a second, they screwed that up. And I look for mistakes, so
4: yeah,
0: it's going to be interesting. <laughs> well,
3: that's, I think, you know, that's one of the, the major um, uh, problems with sci-fi or you know, time travel shows and the reason why, you know it's such a hard sell is because they're expensive to shoot because of those kind of that kind of thing in order to yeah. get the details right um, I don't know have you guys watched the Irishman yet or on the oh
1: Netflix? my god so so good I think you have a fan for life now my friend <laughs> uh, yeah I, I thought it was amazing um, it, I mean it was it was long but oh my god yeah. so
3: good Yeah, But if you look at the attention to detail that Stacey does in that film, it's
4: completely
3: flawless. There isn't anything in that film that's out of place. But but if you, you know, and that was super expensive to do. Um, And my show, The Dark Road, takes place in two different time periods. It takes place in uh, the 1930s and the 1980s, which are, you know, that, that, you know, it's going to be a challenge if, if the show ever gets picked up to recreate those time trees, you know? Uh, so yeah, so, you know, those are, those are things that, you know, that have to be taken into consideration when you're trying to sell a show. Like, is, is going to cost a fortune that's going to be done? And if, if you look at, like, a show like Doctor Who or, or like, you know, Timeless, you know, you, those shows work really well. I was really bummed out when Timeless got canceled because I
0: thought that was a great show. It
1: was. I, it was. I never saw that one. Hey, hey, how do you oh. deal with
0: anxiety when you're presenting something <laughs> that you created to someone else? So, when you put your show out there and yeah. you just put it out there and you're waiting for people to watch it for the reviews to come in, how do you deal with that anxiety where you're waiting for, you know, re- replies?
3: Well, as well, a rolling soldier, I oh, most, you know, most of the, of the audience at at the beginning, we friends and family, right? And they're always going to be supportive and they're always going to, you know, be proud of what you do. And so the anxiety there is like, you know, you've got a support group. And they're still a little nerve-wracking right now. A lot of my friends are going to think I'm fucking crazy. So <laughs> once, it got, once it got outside of them and um, into the uh, uh, like the festival circuit, I remember when I went to my first, my first screening of it was at the New York City Web Fest and I thought I was gonna pass out because everything about The Rolling Soldier pretty much is on my back. I'm the star of it. I wrote it. uh um, I directed it. I did all the post-production work. I did the music. Um, right. you know, and the only thing I didn't do was hold the camera or the mic stand uh, or, you know, just the light. Those, that was like, awesome crew. Uh, and my awesome DT, Sergio Crago. You know, there's anybody out there looking for a guy to work with. That's the guy he's made uh um, but, uh, I remember sitting in the, in the theater when they were screening it. And uh, I thought, gonna die. <laughs> Oh God, <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> you know, and then, you know, when it, when it got nominated for, uh, Got nominated for best thriller. Uh, No, I'm sorry. Got nominated for best drama at New York City Web Fest, and I was nominated for best actor. Uh, I didn't win best actor, but it won best drama. I was shocked. I mean, yeah, totally shocked. I was like, really? Something I wrote. I I I could not. I couldn't get past it, and I and I still kind of can't get over the fact. And then when it went to Right after New York, I went to Dublin, Ireland, with it, and um, it won Best Editing. I'm like, "What? Wow! Cool. I've never edited anything in my life."
1: That's awesome, man! Right.
3: <laughs> That's amazing. And, 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 and then it went to Vancouver, and uh, we won Best Thriller there. And uh, you know, after uh, I, was, I, I was gobsmacked by the by the attention it got. Um, but again, it's it's it, you know. It, it's only been within this, like, kind of community, and um, and then when I was, I was when I did the episode of Lucifer, I ended up getting a nice, you know, like, following from, from that show and from their fan base, because, um, you know, I, I, I kind of reached out to them and told them I'd help them out when the show got canceled.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy it went to Netflix, but I believe it got canceled again.
3: So yeah, well, I think it's yeah. I don't know if it's been canceled or I think or if that's just like it, they feel like it's run its course. I, I don't. I, I don't really know the uh, thought process there. It's, it's
1: well, changed.
3: you were
1: um, you were on blacklist too. How how was that? That was intense.
3: That was a that was a really <laughs> good show. That's a really good show, and that was an intense shoot. Um, and uh, you know, that was the first thing I booked after I did The Rolling Soldier. And
4: yeah. the, reason,
3: the reason I booked it was because the director of the episode saw The Rolling Soldier and remembered me from it and uh, called me in an audition. And I audition for it and they flew me out to the New York to shoot it. Um, and uh, that, that, that shoot was intense because, uh, you know, I've been on movies, but I've been on TV shows where it's got a you know, substantial amount of uh, crew you know, Um yeah. but this show had the biggest crew I've ever seen in my life. I mean, hundreds of people going around doing shit.
4: Really? And then when it came
3: time, when then when it came time to shoot, all those hundreds of people are focused on you, <laughs> which is nerve wracking. Yeah, it was that would time,
4: stress it was stress me out. First,
3: yeah, it was the first time I'd worked on a show also where they had more than one hammer. They must have had. They must have, for the scene that we shot in that episode. They had a camera on every actor. There were I think five of us in the scene. They had a camera on every actor, then they had another camera doing a master wide shot, and they had a, like a camera on a crane. And so there must have been like six or seven cameras it all at once. And then when you know there's there's some action in the scene where you know I I get shot, squids go off, and it was the first time that I I you know used squids and uh, squibs squids are the explosive pack. They put in your, they kind of put on you to, to, to show what a bullet hit looks like. Right. And, um, and I remember we did one take of that thing with the, with the, with a, the gunfire and I, I get two, I get shot twice in the chest and then I have to fall backwards. And they had nothing, I, there was nothing there for me to fall backwards on because, uh, they kind of had a wide shot also. And um, so I had to go down hard on like some concrete, but I was not ready for the impact of the squibs. The squibs felt like you were getting punched in the chest, like full force, like really hard. Really? <laughs> and they had, and I'm lying there, and they said to me, "Once you hit the ground, you're dead. Don't move." I'm lying there. And I'm lying there, and all of a sudden, there's this burning sensation happening on my chest. And what what the squibs are? They, there's like a like a copper plate that goes against your body, and then they put the explosives on top of the copper plate so they don't, you know, it doesn't go into your skin. But but the the copper plate got so incredibly hot from the explosives that it started like searing into my skin. It was oh my god! They're away from, the, <laughs> from the yellow Cut, and they finally the cut. I was able to get that shit off of it. Um, so that, yeah that was that was a really that was a really fun it, it was a fun scene with, um, yeah that's a great show i, I think the black was so much fun to work on that one and i just recently worked on uh, american horror story
4: uh, yeah fantastic series
3: yeah and, and you know I get shot in that also, so lately I'm getting, I'm getting shot a lot. I need to kind of figure out what's going on there. (laughs)
1: You you need to be the one holding the gun and start shooting people. Is it weird to see yourself
0: killed on screen? What's that? Is it weird for you and like your family to see you getting killed on screen?
3: Yeah, it is a bit, you know, because I get killed really violently.
4: You don't die in your season,
3: apparently. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I get, I get taken out. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you know it, it is kind of weird. Like I, I've got a, I have a twelve-year-old daughter, and and what's the shame is she hasn't really seen a lot of the stuff that I've done because two, uh, subject matters school little bit different, kind of sort of But she, you know, I've let her, I've let her watch the, you know, the American Horror Story. And she thought she thought it you know, she thought it was great, um she knows she's able to you know she knows that it's wrong,
1: yeah, how does she like, feel uh, about her dad being an actor? I think she, she likes it. cool or embarrassed? she likes it no yeah, i think she
3: she's into it um that's awesome which is which is cool um, I mean, I wish I could do something that she could you know, watch, um,
4: yeah,
3: but uh she yeah she's into it, yeah. That's really cool. It's nice. it's nice having a little support. And my wife has been really great about it, too. Um, you know, she's been my rock. She's been supporting me for the last 22 years.
0: Now, you've been on a lot of sets, you know, and you've been with a lot of actors. Uh, you don't have to name anybody specifically, but, ha- but have you ever dealt with people trying to big lead you as far as like, hey, I'm the star of the show. I don't talk to, you know, people coming in or anything like that. Have you seen that a lot?
3: Uh, you know, in a way I have, but then I kind of look back and I realize, you know, what was actually really going on. Yeah. And, And a lot of the time, you know, when you're making a movie or a TV, especially like a TV show, um, there's a lot of money involved and there isn't a whole lot of time to, um, to kind of bond with everybody around you. Um, and everyone's got a job to do. Everyone's working their ass off to do it. they got to make their day. If they don't make their day, it's, you know, it's, it's money is blown and people get fired. Someone yeah. is really laser dialed in and focused. Um, and I've worked with some people that are um, really loose and kind of cool and, you know, are down to kind of have some fun, you know, in between takes. And I have worked with other people that are just like, this is my job. I'm doing my job, and I'm gonna do be the best I can. And I don't want to be bothered until I'm done. Like those kind of guys.
4: Have you ever? Had- oh, sorry. Sorry. And I and I
3: totally get it. I, and uh, and but I have wor- I, I've been around some people that haven't been super pleasant. And uh, you know, the way I look at it is, their it's their job. And, you know, they're good to, they they're to do their job. Or maybe they're having a shit day. Or who the hell knows, you know? Yeah. Um, but uh, I've never seen any, like, outrageous, like, diva bullshit. You know, where people walk uh, in the their trailer. And, uh, I've never, I've never been around. <laughs> that would be I've never, been around. <laughs> or I've never seen anybody, like, you know, get you know, like, physical orientation or Um But I have seen crew guys go at it. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like 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 department heads, uh sometimes department heads clash and uh I've seen some I've seen some of those guys like into shopping matches, you know, over the years or things. I won't
4: name them but I've uh, seen that <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a lot of awkward. <laughs> yeah.
1: Now have you ever worked with or run into anyone in the industry that you were just like, Oh my god, I just met that person.
3: Uh um, yeah, couple, really? Couple, I,
1: yeah, I just can't imagine running into someone and be like, "Holy crap!"
3: <laughs> well, the last the last time that happened to me was when I went in to do the table read for Lucifer. Um, what, what's funny about the whole Lucifer story was I hadn't seen the show before. Uh, when I got called into audition, I was like, "All right, I should probably sit down and watch." Know a little bit of the show to see what the vibe is. I, I honestly, I knew
0: nothing about it.
1: Um, well, the, the, the main Lucifer, you think one thing, and the show is something completely different. Yeah, but, I've never seen it. I think it's know? about the devil. <laughs> That's all I can think of.
3: Right. I mean, I thought it was something kind of like along the lines of the show Supernatural, which was like, you know, I I, I, yes. didn't really, I, I really didn't know anything about it. And then Supernatural is another show I, I really don't know that much about. It, it was a couple of episodes. But, um, so, when I booked the part, I sat down and I, I Netflix, you know, like a couple of episodes of the first season, and I was like, oh, okay, so I the idea, of shows. Um and, uh, and I remember when I went into the, uh, table read, uh, you know, it was huge, like, it was, the whole cast was there. And, yeah, like, awesome. I was like, oh, okay, so it's like, okay, there's the, you know, there's the crime scene partner, Lauren journey. Of friend, oh, God. The, the, you God. Know, Amy Garcia. And then, uh, and then Tom Ellis comes in, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's the star of the show, and he's electric. He walks in the room, and he changes the whole atmosphere of the room. He's like one of those guys that has um, kind of what uh, Bill, not uh, Bill David uh, Steve Jobs kind of described as the reality distortion field, where
2: you know, he's
3: just one of those people that he walks into the room, everything changes. Like uh, like a guy like Bono, or like, that, or like uh, yeah,
4: you
3: know, like just uh, such a you know like a presence. And I was like, oh wow, that that guy's got some serious progress serious presence. And he was super nice, but I completely lost it when Trisha Helfer came in. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Because I was a huge Battlestar Galactica fan, yeah, and she was so amazing in that show, and she's so beautiful and tall. Like she's so tall. Is she? Yeah. That's when I met her. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Um, I was completely starstruck with her. Um. But it's funny well, I don't really get I don't get starstruck around other actors. I get starstruck around rock stars. Those oh,
4: yeah, actors. I can see that. Yeah, well with the old so, background mm-hmm. of course.
3: Yeah, because I think there's just so much more kind of legend behind them, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh so I always get a little bit more kind of like "Oh wow you know, uh I don't know, whoever. Um, but uh but yeah, the last time that happened to me was with Trisha Helper and uh
4: yeah,
3: I I, may, I I walked up to her. I was like, Hi, my name's John. I'm, I'm working on the show, and uh, I just wanted to come up and introduce myself. And she's looking at me. I'm shaking her hand. I was shaking her hand for too long.
2: And,
3: and, uh,
4: <laughs> 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 and she's like, That's nice to meet you, and you know, thanks. And she kind
3: of walked away,
0: and I'm like, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah, that was fun. That would be good time. All right, so being in the business, do you find it hard? And and the reason why I ask this is because I've I've spoken with professional wrestlers before, and like they watch wrestling. As someone who's in the business from a different set of eyes, are very critical of it. They they just yeah. can't yeah. enjoy it anymore. Do you find yourself that way when you're watching TV or anything in general? Some like you're,
3: you're, yeah, so, yeah, sometimes I like, will watch something and I'll feel like this is not clicking, and or I'll notice like, I like because I spent so much time. In the editing day, when I was creating my web series, I started noticing like certain ways, certain things cut together in continuity. Like I'll watch something, and if I see like in one take, you know, um, if, if the two, if it's a scene with two actors, and, and they're like maybe they're sitting at a coffee table or something, and they're they're chatting, and one of them has their hand up against like their chin or something while they're talking, and then they cut to. The, the turnaround of that, and the hand is not on the chin anymore.
1: Yeah, right. there are times where that is like blatantly <laughs> obvious. I've I, yeah,
3: I get I get thrown I get thrown off a lot with that. Um, but I think the thing that that throws me off most, or kind of takes me out of you know the experience most, is just when the acting is bad. When yeah. I, when I, I can tell when people are just kind of phoning it in and just not. Not doing the work, um, that's when I kind of get distracted, and then I I lose, you know, the scene loses me, or the, or the show loses me. Um, and then there's like things like you know, you know, like uh, like the letdowns of certain shows. I like was a little very letdown with Game of Thrones. Um, um. Oh, like they really. I feel, I feel
4: with like the coffee really, at the end the Starbucks cup <laughs> the I
3: feel like they really rushed that show and I wish they wouldn't have rushed it so much. I wish they would have let it you know I think the audience definitely would have waited. Yeah, yeah. For then for them to finish it. Um I get it, you know, you got you got deadlines and you got money and people and, and you know people want to move on with their lives, they don't want to be doing the same show for for twenty years. they want to do other things. But that's Can't just like watch one your- of the things for it.
0: Uh, can you watch yourself on film? Can you watch? Well, I, self- had te- I, I had to teach myself
3: how to do that. You know, um, when I was editing, I, I, and I, I got to the point where I was like, "Oh, this is kind of interesting." Because before, I didn't really like it. I would be very critical of everything I was doing, or I would, you know, it, it was hard for me to kind of watch what I was doing. But once I got into the editing bag, when I was cutting together the Rolling Soldier, I started looking at it like an athlete who watches tape of themselves and get better. You know. Um, like college football coaches, they'll sit and they'll watch like, you know, the game over and over and over again. Regard last week's game over and over and over again to prepare for next week's game. You know? And I that's kinda how I, I kind of felt, you know, as I was watching myself, like, oh, okay, I'm really good at doing this certain thing. This angle works really well for me. Don't dip my head so much. Like little things like that that become very technical that go into being a good film actor um, was important. So that was a really valuable experience for me being able to sit and watch, Hmm. you know, what, what mistakes I was making on camera and what things I was doing right. And then, you know, figuring out, okay, I'm good at that. I'm not good at that. So don't do that
1: anymore. See, I can never, I can never do that. Like we have this podcast here. And do,
3: you a, I, do you have a hard time listening to yourself?
1: Oh, I can't. I cannot. Not at all. Like, we'll be editing, and I have to leave the room. Like, okay, you do that, because I can't listen to myself talk.
4: Wow. How,
3: how much editing? How much editing goes into your show?
1: Actually, you, you know what? We're very unprofessional. It takes us, like, maybe five minutes, and we're done. No,
3: that's, <laughs> see, that's how it should be. I think that, you know, like, I can talk after something that... Should be kind of loose anyway, Um, unless, you know, somebody says something like completely outrageous that would, you know, get them, you know, into a ton of trouble. Yeah, cut that shit out. um, Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I get it. Um, Like, I I think hearing my,
4: I I think hearing
3: your voice is what is, is, I think people can be more critical about the sound of their voice than by what they look at or look like, you know what I
1: mean? Um, Yeah, that's true. Okay. I can, I can see that.
3: So I, I think I understand where you're coming from there, um, but I think you guys sound
1: great. <laughs> I, I don't I th- I think a lot of people are like that though, where they either can't watch themselves because I know we had home movies and stuff. I can't I can't watch those either. So I can't even imagine like. I'm in a film and, like, the family wants to watch it or whatever. I can't sit there and watch that. No. Right,
0: right. <laughs> I, I think you see yourself differently than other people see you.
1: Because you, you would be, critically, you would critique yourself. Like, no, oh, you're, all, you're constantly,
3: you're constantly critiquing yourself. Yeah. I mean, I still do it. I still critique myself. But I'm a little bit easier on myself now because I've, I've gotten, I'm just kind of used to, used to it. And I, I get really excited when something goes well. Like I was yeah. really excited about how well uh, American Horror Story that scene was. Yeah, I thought that scene was great. Because the thing about that scene was, I um, have you guys seen that episode?
1: I I have not yet.
0: I have to get caught up. To be honest with you, I work a lot.
3: Uh, okay, cool. Um, one of the things that happened, I, I got hurt when we were shooting. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I I get shot in the scene. Spoiler alert! Sorry, everybody. but uh, I, I get uh, I get shot in the scene, and I get, have to fall down really hard on the, uh, on the on the on the pavement because we shot it on a freeway. And one of the times I fell and I slammed my head, my forehead, onto the concrete, and I cut my head open. Oh! And yes. it it was right before my close ups. Oh so I had, I had blood streaming down my face, and the director was running up to me and goes what happened? What happened? And I hit my head on the concrete. I'm like, oh my god, what are we going to do? And I was like listen, what do you need to do? Clean me up, slap some super glue on my forehead, close that wound up, and then spackle it with makeup. And, you know, I'm good to go. She's like, we're not doing that. We're not putting super glue on my head. I'm like, listen, just let let let's see if we can get the bleeding to stop, and then you cover with it. Within. So that's what we did. We so we they shot some other stuff while they were waiting for me to heal up, but I mean, it was noticeable. And they put makeup on it, and it was still noticeable. And I was like, oh shit. Just well, see,
1: now on. when we go and watch the scene, we're <laughs> gonna, gonna be looking. I'm gonna be looking
0: for that touch.
3: Yeah, <laughs> but, but they they ended up shooting, they ended up shooting it, uh, shooting my close-ups anyway, which was I was like, oh my god, because you know. Yeah. With a show like that, you know, you want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they did it, and I guess they fixed it in post because you cannot tell at all that there's anything wrong with my head. I mean, I've stopped it, and watched it, and, you know, but the, but getting back to like the, you know, the whole thing about, you know, mm-hmm. watching yourself on screen and, you know, and realizing, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an uncomfortable feeling. That somebody had posted on this Twitter or someplace that that episode was seen by 2.6 million people.
4: Oh, God. Wow. Yeah.
3: So <laughs> that that like, kind of really messed with my head. Like, oh, my God, wow. Like, you know. Huge it's, explosion. Kind of a mi- it's kind of a mind-blowing thing. You know, you, when you're watching yourself and you're being hypercritical. But then you realize that 2.6 million other people watched it too. <laughs>
1: yeah, sounds. it's a very, very popular show. Yeah,
3: it's yeah, amazing. Yeah, Think about true. like every season standalone, which mm-hmm. is great. That's why I like it. Yeah, now that's what's cool about that show. You know, and I appreciate that, that they, they kind of went with that, that format when they were making that show. I always, like, one of the first games I ever did was a show called 24. And Ooh, yeah, that was a, a big yeah. time show. And. I thought the first season of that show was amazing. And that, that was, I'm, I'm in the first season. Um, and then I thought it would be really cool if every year they did, you know, 24, but it was a different story. Than somebody else's life, like 24 hours of somebody else's life.
2: Right. They kept,
3: the whole, they, kept, they kept the whole Jack Bauer thing, and, and it worked for to was a hugely popular show, but when, but when they decided to do, uh, American Horror Story as an anthology series of it, like, oh. Somebody finally, you know, decided to do that using the ensemble cast and putting them all in different roles every season. I thought it was such a great thing to do. So it was was a nice treat to be able to be on that show, for sure.
0: Now, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this question here that I'm about to ask you. But I I always ask people who have some sort of, like, influence, or a very popular job that everyone thinks, you know, it's either you get in for one reason or another. Did you get into acting for the money or for the passion? Like the passion of just of just being creative and having a, a an outlet. Uh, <laughs> <That's> a <tough laughs> one, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. So take a minute to let it marinate, my friend.
4: Well,
3: and there's a, there's kind of a lot of a lot of reasons, um, but uh, you know, like I said, just the, I kind of fell into it backwards when I was in college, and um, one of the things that I realized. When I saw like the first play rehearsal was, oh, there's like a lot of really, you know, this is where kind of like you know, there's a lot of cute girls that are in the theater part. So like, that was <laughs> that was one that was kind of like one little thing that I was like, oh, this is kind of a, a a nice like way to get social with people, you know. Um So to me, it was it was it was a combination of all those things, a combination of like. Because I, I hadn't really developed a passion for it yet, because I didn't really know what it was, but I knew that it looked fun. I knew that um that it was exciting because it was done in front of live audiences, like theater at least, and uh, and I liked the fact that there are artists that were all helping to put it all together in every aspect. And then you know there and there's the social aspect of meeting you know people because I'm not kind of a shy person, um, and so. I think at first it started off as, as okay, I'm not weird. I'm actually, uh, I, I, there's actually a tribe of people that I can be a part of that that I fit in with. Uh, so for me, I think that's what the first um, reason I got into acting was was for you know finding my tribe of like-minded of people and, that were doing cool stuff and. Sure. And then uh, I became passionate about it because I was being exposed to things of you know, to amazing you know, literature of like some of the greatest playwrights in the world, um, and being able to perform that stuff live and then learning about you know techniques. So it, it was a gradual thing for me. I didn't uh I I never thought in a million years that I'd make any money doing it. And to be totally honest with you, I hadn't really made a whole lot of money. You know, right. I, I, I do it because I, I like to do it, and, you know, the getting paid is kind of like a nice perk. Sure. Uh, uh, but, you know, it's a tough life, and, it's, you know, it's uh, full of a lot of um, rejection and full of a lot of uh, uh, challenges, you know. Um
1: how do you um like how do you deal with the rejection because i think that would that would kill me i don't think i could i don't think i could go back to another and it's, because, it's because they're
0: really cruel like oh well you're too fat you're too thin you're too old you're too young you don't look this well, way well, or you're too ethnic yeah you know it,
3: it it's at first it was really hard but like, i remember like one of the first managers that i worked with in new york i remember i walked into the office to drop off headshots or something and the assistant, I guess I was wearing a short sleeve shirt, and the assistant looked at me. And, I, you, know, uh, you know, I'm an Irish kid from Jersey, and I'm some hair on my arm. <laughs> he looked at me, and he looked at me, and he's like, what are you, a werewolf? Oh, I didn't my know, God. Really? I didn't know, I, I, honestly, God, I, honestly, I didn't know what he was talking about. Was like, what do you mean? He's like, keep in your arms. you got to shave that shit off your arms. You're never going to get cast. That's terrible. Oh I was like,
4: my god! You know, when
3: you're when you're like a 22 year old kid, when he says that to you, like, wow, that is fucking, uh, what a weird thing it is. And then it, all of a sudden, it was like, I was like, I just became obsessed about shaving hair off my body. You uh, know, so it was like, there's that, that that whole kind of thing. Is, you know. Um, you know, and then dealing with the rejection, like, I mean, well, maybe I didn't get cast because my arms were hairy, <laughs> you know, it's
1: like, See? You like, become self-conscious. Like, yeah, yeah, one yeah. person said one thing, and then yeah. it stuck with you all these years later. I don't think I could deal with that. I, I yes. don't have it. But, you
4: know, you develop it, you know,
3: it becomes like one of those things where you hear it, oh, and you experience it over and over and over again, but you kind of get numb to it, and you just kind of accept it as part of, part of the reality of it and it doesn't really affect you that much. Um, What sucks is when you get super close to something amazing and you, uh, you know, basically just lose. You lose out. Yeah. That's that's what's hard, when it's something that you felt like you were so right for or um, so
0: uh, made to play, you know, well, I'm a huge comic book fan, right? And and yeah, you, yeah. you are really good at this podcasting thing, and we're going to get to that part later on. Okay. But uh, yeah, I'm a huge comics fan, and you probably know where I'm going with this. You were talking about a role that kind of would have panned out. Give us your Spider-Man story.
3: Oh, okay. <laughs> awesome! Here we go. Give
0: it to us, man! Um, Give it to us.
3: I okay. So you guys did your research. Cool. <laughs>
4: uh,
3: I I uh, I uh back in New York when it was. About probably about four twenty six or forty seven. I remember I was living in Queens at the time, right? I got an apartment in Queens. And I called in by my agent. I said, "Listen, um, she's got this thing, and you go down an audition and audition for it." I was like, "Well, what is?" it? I'm like, well, we can't talk about it." And I was like, well, "Is it a movie?" And they're like, "No." Is it a TV show? No. Is it a theater? It's a theater. No. Like, it's a modeling gig, they're like, well, kind of. I'm like, All right. So I I get on the subway, I go to Midtown, and I go because my audition. I walk in, and in New York, it's very like small community of actors. You know, when you're, it's a small community, but it's really hard to break in. So when you when you're auditioning, you're seeing the same people at every audition, literally. And, you know, you get to the point where you, know, you see that one guy walk in and you're like, oh, fuck, that guy's here.
4: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got it.
3: <laughs> right, right. but I'm sure some guys felt the same way about me. He's just, i was right. taking jobs, they're up also. Um, mm-hmm. But I walked in and I, they made me sign in. And they made me sign an NDA. And that was the first time I'd ever done something like that where I had to sign a, you know, an NDA on disclosure.
1: And
3: they dated and, you know, I knew enough about comics to figure out right away when, as soon as I saw the sides for the audition, the sides are basically, you know, like a, like a, like a, like a, a C from the script.
4: Right, right. right. You
3: know, in case people don't know what that is. Um, and it said, you know, I was reading for Peter, and the person I was reading opposite of was MJ. Okay. And I was like, I probably should. It's spider web. And I looked at the, you know, I, I didn't say it at, when I was in the waiting room. Because they wouldn't give me the script beforehand. I had to go and get the side and then go in and read. So that's how things used to be. Like A lot of times you you show up, um, you know, uh, uh, and they would hand you the side and you'd go in cold. That's what the cold readings were. So I went cold with it and I walked in and the director and the producer were there and they're like, do you have any questions? And I looked and, you know, looked right at it. I said, is this Spider-Man? And like, <laughs> He's
1: like, what the hell's going on?
3: And, and they looked at me and they said, why? Why would you ask that? I was like, well, Peter and MJ, and I'm like, are you a Spider-Man? You, you know, are you a Spider-Man fan? And I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I knew enough about it. So I read it, and they were like... Uh, it was one of those times when I walked out of the audition room being like, if they don't cast me in this, uh, they made a huge mistake. <laughs> so I was that cocky about it when I walked out of it. Uh, and and I got... Literally, I got about halfway down the block where they called me and uh, told me that I had to dig. But I, I, I still wasn't sure what it was. What is it? They're so like, 'It's we're doing this thing called webisodes. This was right when the internet was pretty much like starting to to, to become a thing. Uh, and what they wanted to do was they were going to have the, the Spider-Man comics uh, online, basically how they wanted to do it. And what, in the panels of the comic book page, you would click on it, the mouse, and then a little QuickTime movie would open up and the scene would happen. That's basically what what it was. So. Mm Right. I got cast as Peter Parker, and and the other funny part about it was Marvel at the time. I guess was in pretty bad shape. Uh, They were, I think, almost coming back. Yeah, they were. uh, Yeah, they partnered up with, uh, with (laughs) get ready for it. They partnered up with Trump Models. (laughs) They they cast. They cast uh, MJ. MJ was a Trump model. And so we, I, I spent a couple of weeks running around Manhattan, a film crew, playing Peter Parker. Uh, and when it came time, to, you know, for him to be Spider-Man, they would CGI it. And this was like, you know, the first time they were going to try to use CGI uh, in a storytelling like, way as like a full character. And uh, um, we shot the first episode of it. Uh, they did a big write-up about it in the New York Times, and then I get a call saying that it's been put on hold. I'm like, why? So they're like, well, they're going to try to make an excellent movie.
4: I'm like, accident? <laughs> like,
0: who's going to go watch that?
4: You know? And, uh, so no, like,
3: they sell they sell because all their attention and all their focus and all their money hadn't gone to go the X Men film.
4: Oh my god, sucks. So yeah,
3: awesome. The first the first X Men film is basically what kind of saved Marvel Comics. Right. So mm-hmm. for a brief period of time I was Peter Parker <laughs> asked by Marvel Comics. <laughs> and uh, I got to run around New York, and uh, the coolest part about that gig was I used to go, I used to get to hang out at Marvel headquarters in New York and watch the uh, the artists uh, uh, do all the the comic uh, artwork. You know, they had all these yes. easels set up, and all those artists were there working.
4: Oh um, my God, that would be amazing of, to
3: see! Yeah, yeah, I, I guess see, see some of the things being made. And at the time, you know, when you're, you know, even my I was twenty six, you know. I didn't really, it didn't really hit me as hard as it does now the back that I have that experience. Yeah. the like, see something like that. Cause I, I, I guess, you know, nobody, just time, you know, it was kind of like a, people weren't allowed to really, you know, see that kind of thing. That was a cool, that was a really cool uh, experience and, and it was fun. I'm just bummed out. I never got any of the footage. The only thing that I have is the newspaper article from, uh from. The New York Times, I have this picture of me running down the street and see the park.
1: Oh, my God, that's so cool. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: At least you have that. That's me. That's well, you know
3: what? I, I'll have to dig it up, and I'll, uh, I'll send it your way. You can check it out. I would oh, love to do, do that. please Please That'd be so cool.
1: Um, yeah. Is there anything that you maybe you have turned down that you regret, or just whatever was given to you, you just took?
3: Uh, I you know, I'm trying to think. well yeah, there well, there was this really great Red Series, um that uh I I kinda became friends with the the, the guy who created he also me a part. I, I turned it down um because I, I know, it was a big commitment and it and it was it didn't pay. Um yeah. and if I if I was in a better financial like uh you know situation I I definitely would have took it, but at the time I was like scrambling with cash and I couldn't I couldn't turn I couldn't take on a job that didn't pay. Uh if another job came along and that, that didn't pay that I would have to Jump shit and do the other job. I, I, I didn't want to put myself in that position. I didn't want to put him in that position. I uh, just I really liked him a lot. he's a great guy, and it's a great web series. Um, and, uh, called Emily Macabre. Um, and shameless. Uh, I need to do it. I look back. And I, was, I wish I had done. It. Uh, but at the time it's just it was just a bad timing. I was, you know, it was just some like a money thing. I I just, I just at that time I couldn't work for a great. work
4: problem? Right.
3: Yeah. And and was that's the thing, really thing you know. A lot of a lot of actors out here and around the world. There's this trap where, you know, um, you know, actors work for free uh, on certain things, and and it's kind of become a little bit of a problem because, yeah, I mean, every actor wants to work, and especially when you're a new actor and you you need some kind of experience and footage, you'll work for free. Right. But when everybody else around you is getting paid, uh, it makes it it's kind of a it makes it hard. Um, but that's, that, that, that big. That I, I I would have done if I had it. Sure, sure. yeah.
1: Now, I believe we saw on Twitter, right? And I think that's when we started reaching out to you was that you were talking about starting your own podcast.
3: I've been, okay. I've been thinking about that for a while. Um, and you know, I think for the, for the most part, the reason I want to do it is just kind of, Stay in the conversation, um, with people around me that are working and, 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 uh, uh and I, you know, I, I feel like the people that I know that would, that I would want to have on as guests have interesting stories to tell. And I, I think it's a really cool really I think it's great that, you know, uh, I get a lot of information from podcasts. Uh, yeah. I enjoy them. I mean, I, I, uh, I've been on a bunch. I've, um, I always get a kick out of it. I think it's fun. Um, I think that, uh, you know, there's some, some podcasts out there that I've, that I've learned a ton from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it, it's, it's, it's cool. I think it's a really cool, you know, thing and something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in maybe taking a crack at, you know, I'm still kind of mulling it over and, you know, it's like, oh here's this one more thing, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's hard enough when, you know, you're, at my
1: age, like like having to be savvy with things like social media, it was like that's, We kind of struggle with the social media thing too. We're we're on there. It's, it's very but toxic. A little bit. <laughs> well, it's a very
0: toxic atmosphere, and you are in a position of influence. And so, like, what I kind of wanted to get towards as well is like, do you find it hard biting your tongue over a lot of issues that you see on social media? Because all it takes yeah, is right. for someone to retweet you. And your career can yes. be over with the cancel. No,
3: totally. Yeah, I, I I do not talk about politics or religion. Um, yeah. uh, you know, when I'm on social media, I don't I don't like to criticize anybody on social media. Yeah. Um, I've gotten into some people on social media, and you know, I I, I walk away from it like, oh, doesn't feel good. I don't like it. Um, like <laughs> I've had like di- like direct message. Conversations, you know, or if somebody says something that, you know, on a thread that, you know, that I might have been involved with, you know, um I will hit them up and say, I really wish you wouldn't have said that, or you know, what were you thinking? Why would you say something like so, that? Um, and I just, I've just decided not to engage with that anymore. So now, whenever I, I you know, I use social media mostly as a platform to kind of get my name out there, because yeah. you know, I, I. I, I you know, I, I'm lucky. I get to work as an actor, but I don't have a PR agent, so I got to do my own PR. And, and, and you're an actor in my position; you kind of really are your own. You're basically on your own, and you're doing you're doing all the public you're publicity yourself. You're doing all your uh, uh, you know trying to keep your you know your name in the in the mix with things. So it's, 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 I look at it as a good way to be relevant, I guess. Yeah. um but I, you know, I don't, I don't like engaging. You know, I do have to bite my tongue a lot of times because, um, I think if people, and I think podcasts are great in a way because they kind of get to understand who you are a little bit better, you know, rather than like little 140 character messages. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like a long form interview, is, I think a, is, is really interesting because you can get more of a what a person's like rather than what you think they're like.
4: Um, I agree 100%. But, yeah, but
3: I I, mean, I I I try to stay away from anybody who's negative on, you know, on social media. But that doesn't mean I don't read those things, you know what I mean? No. I mean I'll go and I'll see, I'll see what's going on politically, and I'll see what's going on in the world, that you real things I don't agree with. And, you know, I'll, I'll follow people that I think are, you know, that have their finger on the pulse of that thing. And every once in a while, I'll always... You know, like a a, a a post, or I'll drop into an agreement on something, but I but I don't I don't engage in
1: any it. It's tough because you know people nowadays seem to be so offended over every anything you say they, they right. get offended. Yeah. So like it, it, to it, it's very line. very tough. Like I I don't know. Yeah,
3: you know, like one of the things that one of the things for me, you know, that I wish I could. I can engage with is like I love Star Wars and I would love to be able to talk to people about Star Wars online, but I just don't want to put up with the trolls and the people that, that oh, start God. shitting on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I just don't want to do it. I, I, I don't want to hear it from them. Um and I uh, you know because you know they're gonna pop up. Oh yeah. So, you know, in a lot of ways it's hard, you know, you gotta kinda of keep things a little bit milk toast, you know. And you don't want to lose you don't want to lose, you know, followers and you don't want to lose fans by saying something, you know, outrageous.
0: Um, it's almost like you have to give up your soul because you can't be yourself online, you know? Like, you yeah, really I, think, I think
4: you can.
3: I think you can be yourself but you just have to monitor it in a way where, you know... It uh, makes sense. Know, it, 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 it's, it's hard, you know. I wish I could be, like, an anonymous guy behind the keyboard and, and do, you know,
1: so That's why it? we like what we do, because we <laughs> we are anonymous. So you can, what? I mean,
3: what? what made you guys wanted? What made you guys want to start doing podcasts? Like, what was the what's behind that?
1: You know what? It's because like the way we talked with you. We have like we've been married fourteen, fifteen years, something like that. Yeah, congratulations. The, you, <laughs> we just like the way we talk to each other, I'm like, and like in we make each other laugh all the time, so we're like, you know what? A lot of people might find our dumb stories funny, and yeah. we just one day just started doing it.
0: And, yeah, that's great. and, and, and for me, it's very therapeutic, and yeah. I like to talk to people from different backgrounds. I mean, like, I don't know if you look to our catalog of shows, but we talk to professional wrestling writers. We've talked to Karen Parsons from the Fresh Prince. We've talked to Porn Stars, and now we're talking to you. And it's like we are just we just wanted to have conversations with people that have, you know, varying interests in life and just different, you know, situations that we can talk to and just mm-hmm. have conversations with. And this has been really cool, man. And I do have some more questions for you, just a few more. You yeah, know, because-
3: I, th- I, mean, I think I think you guys are great. I think you guys are doing a great job with this, and I think it's cool that you mix it up because, uh, you know, like, you know, there's something to be said about people that, that focus in on like a niche kind of topic. Like, yes. uh, you know, you could be like a podcast about like crocheting, um, I don't know, uh, dildos or something. But,
2: right. Um, <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, it's but, uh, you know, I, I like, I like it when people kind of open it up and talk to people from all kinds of people who watch their life. It's, it's always interesting to hear something. You know, from like I, w- I would be interested in knowing what a, a writer on a wrestling show's life is like. Like, I think that would be fascinating. Well, um, you
1: figure like you, if you're a podcast about one topic only, you, yeah. I would think personally for me, it would get very boring for me to keep talking about, yeah. and for people right, to keep right. listening. So, like, I like the fit. Like, we try to be different as much as possible. I used to listen to Walking right. the- and It
0: also,
3: it also alienate some of your audience if you're just focused on one thing, too.
4: Right, you know, right. Unless,
3: like, if you're, like, you know, into astronomy, I, I get it. Like, okay, my podcast is about astronomy. Like, the casual person probably, you know, unless they have a, you know, a interest in it, might, might tune in. But, it, like, I would imagine only, like, the hardcore people would want to tune in something like that, Yeah. Right.
0: But also, like like, like, I was saying, I used to listen to a Walking Dead podcast, but the second the show went a certain way that I don't like, I stopped listening to the show, well, I stopped watching the show and stopped listening to the podcast, so they lost a the listener, and they only talk about Walking Dead. They'll never get me back.
3: When, 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 did, when did you go sour on Walking Dead?
1: Oh, see, Season, we got a Walking Dead
0: thing. It, it, <laughs> it was around the time when Negan bashed, and, and, and I'm a big comic book fan, so we can talk about that, mm-hmm. too, some other time, but I, I, I read every comic. Even till the end, and when he killed right. Glenn and Abraham, yep. right soon after that, I stopped because they kind of... Well, they killed Andrea. I hated. I hated killing Andrea. Off. She was my favorite character.
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I just... I, I don't
4: know. They I, just I'm smart. in the
3: same. I'm in, I'm in the same boat you guys are in, and I would. I would love to be on that show, and I've got tons of people that constantly tell me, um, you know. When are you going to be on that? When are you going to be on Walking Dead? I'm like, I'd lost oh to do my it. god, that would be amazing! Yeah, they, I still watch. They, <laughs> but they, see, they yeah, be so much fun. But yeah, I they, that that lost they lost me on that too. Um, and you know, look, you push the envelope with a show like that, and you try to you know you try to stay faithful to the comic. I, I didn't read the comic, so I, I you know everything was always new to me. But like killing off those characters was very, very uh that was kinda of hard to watch. And and I think, you know, the uh, the show started the show started to kinda of lose me a little bit once when the cast started getting bigger. When they had all these new people that I had to kind of pay attention to. Like I, I started to kinda of lose it. Interested in that? I liked it when it was, when it was a it just the small group of people, you know, surviving. When it became about neighborhoods and communities, it got a little bit too. Oh, it yeah. kind of was Interesting, but but it, it wasn't as I mean, it was as interesting as the survival story of, of people on the run. That was always more
0: so interesting. You yeah, know, what the first part what about that. I, the bull- I, well, like the worst thing about that, and and this is something I really want to ask you, is why do shows have to kill characters off when they could easily replace them? Because I was watching some of your stuff, and no lie, my wife can 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 confirm this. I said he would be a good Rick. So if the guy Andrew Lincoln is having a problem, you know, like, or if he wants to branch out, or if he just doesn't want to do the show, why can't they just recast him? Because they do it on soap operas all the time. They'll say a the part of so and so is being played by so and so. I think
3: I think that. I think Soap is a little different because it's, Soap, you know, is a little bit more fluid in that way. Um, yeah. but I, and I think their audience is a little bit more forgiving. But I think like a show like Walking Dead, like, uh, or, um, you know, trying to replace a, you know, a cast member, you know, playing the same role is super tricky. You gotta, that person's got to really bring something to it and win uh, everybody back, you know. Um,
4: and, you know, people just get used
3: to it. You, know? it's like, you, you want that character. You want that actor playing that character. Um, like I think it's going to be really hard for people to accept anybody but Hugh Jackman playing Wolverine.
0: Oh, well, I guess everyone's different yeah. because for me, the kind of viewer that I am, I am more attached to the character than I am the actor playing them. Even though I may be a fan of many actors playing certain roles, if that person right. wants to move on, I don't want to see the character die because I love the character. So Rick dying off The Walking Dead really took a big you know, shine off the product. So if someone else right. came in and took over the role, I would get used to that actor, but I'd just be happy to have the character still in the role. in right. you know, right. so, Joe.
3: Yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it, one of the, you know, I I, I kind of had this experience. Uh, I'm on a show called uh, Light as a Feather on Hulu. Yes. And, yep. you know, I've done a couple of episodes. I play um, Liana Liberato's father on the show. And for the first season, they had um, uh, uh, an actress playing, um, you know, my ex wife, uh, the mother of, of you know, um, And then the next season, they replaced her. And uh, I guess, you know, there maybe was a little bit of a, of a outcry with it. Um, you know, say, why did they replace her? She was so good. They replaced her with another really good actor, and, and yeah. it kind of worked out pretty well. Um, so I guess in some instances it does work, um, but in others it's, it's, it's
0: a hard sell. So, I guess yeah. it depends on the person watching, because, like, I guess as an actor, like, you probably only hear – or see the things that, because I work in retail, obviously, you know, and um, I only see like reviews and customer complaints because people that are not happy are more inclined to give feedback than people that are happy, I guess. I mean, maybe that's part of it because I'm very happy when I see like, okay, this actor is leaving the show, but we're going to keep the character going with, you know, a different actor.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it works in some cases. You know, some it, cases it—it's it, it, really—it's subjective, I think, for the for the for whoever whoever's watching it. You know.
1: See, I can I can see it working in soap operas because I've watched many soap operas, right? Yeah. But uh, I mean, I mean, they just changed the one person on Young and the Restless for the third time, and it's driving me nuts. Like, it gets to a point where I'm like, please, please stop doing this. Like, stop. Ugh. Yeah.
3: Yeah, well, you know, it's a combination of a lot of things. Sometimes it's not it's not about them wanting to have a different actor. It's about like you know, a mm-hmm. contract comes up. You well, know, right. that, that actor's contract is over. Do we renegotiate that contract? You know, does that actor want to keep going with us? You know, right. Of them, you know, I
1: mean, yeah. and this actor went on to This Is Us, so they had to. I mean, that's oh, a hit well, show. There you go. They it's, had to replace them, but I'm like, oh yeah. God, this sucks.
3: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you look at, like, the, the show Roseanne, they they changed the, the Becky character, like, three times, right?
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, I, I guess, you know, people do get used to
0: it. You know? Yeah. So I have a couple more main questions that I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, we've gone almost two hours now, and know, it feels like it's been bad. five. Oh, really? <laughs> yes.
4: Yeah. We've gone
0: about two hours, and I'll tell you what. Before we started this interview, and I'm going to be 100% behind the scenes, we we're both a little nervous because we're like, hey, heck, for some reason, we get nervous. We've done 160-something-odd episodes. We've interviewed quite a <laughs> few sure, people. Sure. But it's like every time we interview an actor, it's just like, all right. Because like, we don't know a lot about the behind-the-scenes stuff. But you really are good at this. And I implore everyone to send him tweets. And, and, and uh, what's your Twitter handle again?
3: Uh, it's at John J. Peg, that's at J-O-H-N-J-T-A-G-U-E. Um yeah, and it's the same on Instagram as well.
0: Um, I, yeah, want everyone, I want everyone out there to follow us, man, and tell him to start his own podcast because it would be phenomenal and a oh, great yes. lesson.
4: It
0: would be great. So uh, I want to push this project uh, along here.
3: I appreciate that. That gives me a little bit more intent as we listen to look into. <laughs> Yeah,
0: <for> So sure. <laughs> I am listening. Oh, for sure. Now, there's a couple of questions I do want to ask you, though, because there's, like, some things that I just need answered in my life. Sure, do sure. do looks matter more than talent when you're at an audition? So if there's like a really hot chick going up for the role of a hot chick she can't act worth a shit but then a really good actress is right behind her but she's really not the best looking girl mm-hmm. what happens more? That's just up awesome, really Yeah
2: Yeah uh, You know
3: it's, it's, uh, I hate to say it but sometimes it's really about the look
4: yeah, I I
3: would imagine so. Because I think a lot of times what they think about is, okay, you know, does is this character capturing, you know, what we need, you know, as far as getting eyeballs on the screen? Um, it doesn't hurt the, you know, you know, if this person is really good looking, I mean, I do, Think they have an advantage? That's what the character calls for. If it's like this, you know, character is, is like you know a total knockout, or you know, this, yeah. this guy is like you know this, you know, total stud. Um, and yeah, I mean, you can't have like Dustin Hoffman play Superman, super. You know what I
4: mean? <laughs> That'd be interesting, though. It
3: would be interesting. I, mean, I would so watch would be, that. And, and, you know, I think, I and, and you know, I think a lot of people would have watched Nicholas Cage play Superman. Um but I, I think, you know, like, look, you know, thinking, you know, you gotta look the heart, I think, a lot of yeah. the time. And um you know, talent also is really important. Um if they, they can't breathe.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't Man.
3: care how, I don't care, I don't care how militant you are. You know, if you don't have something going on, uh, behind the eyes, and, you know, you we know, don't you know, lose. And whoever, and, and whoever, I think, uh, you know, they've got a bunch of money invested in a project and they hire somebody who looks great but can't act, that's a, you know, that's a massive gamble. I, yeah. talent It goes hand-in-hand. It really does. I think a lot of fun. Um, yeah. so. Uh, things are different. You know, a lot different now because everything's so diversified and, um, people are, you know, that normally wouldn't get to play certain roles, you're getting the opportunity. And I think a lot of that has to do, you know, slow the way the climate in the world is right now. So I think it's great. Right. And, you know, I, I, know that Marvel must have had a really hard time, um, you know, uh, with, when they looked at the, like, you take the Avengers, you look at those main characters from that show, you know, those, you know it's a lot of white guys.
4: Yeah. And,
3: yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that they, you know, somebody over there was like, look, we got to do something. We got to kind of diversify this and make it a little bit more accessible to everybody else, too. You know, and, and you know, so the world we live in. Um,
4: sure. Yeah.
3: Is, you know, it's a mixed bag, it's a melting pot, and. Everyone needs to be fully represented, and I think, I think it's a good thing. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, as far as, like, you know, looks go, it doesn't hurt. Um, but I, I think without think, you know, you're just going to have a shitty
0: project. It's so funny because, like, it's almost like we're reading each other's minds. It's almost like you knew what my next question was going to be. How do you see the mainstream, you know... Uh, Media and just and just films in general, like movies coming out and TV shows coming out, being affected by the outrage cancel culture. Do you think the outrage culture is influencing the way movies are being made now? Do you see that being a problem, and do you think it can never go back?
3: I think that it has. I think it has you know, a little bit of an impact. You know, I do. I think that you know people are a little bit more conscious of thing, of how people are portrayed on film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think that, uh, you know, um, gosh, it, yeah, I, I think it definitely is starting kind of, you know, attack the way some things you're being because, you know, like you said earlier, all it take is one tweet, somebody's
1: career is over. Yeah, exactly. that's the problem. You got to be so careful with everything now.
3: I mean, it's over. Literally, yeah,
4: it's, yeah, like, you're, done. That, that,
3: that person will never work with. it. Yeah. Um, whether it's, like, something, like, Me Too related or something, you know, that they say that's, you know, racially insensitive or, um, or anything. You know, what I don't understand is I saw these, like, you know, people that have um, photos of themselves in blackface from, like, you know, 40 years ago. Okay. Um, Fuck that, Fuck that. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> you know, but, sorry I'm laughing yeah, I, I do think like outrage culture is, you know, it's, 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 again it's like it, it's that part, makes, of, it's
0: makes, part makes of the sense. world that we live in now isn't it you know? it's just crazy because like I don't want to hold like let's just say hypothetically in some weird world like I'm just going to make up a random actor's name from the past let's say John Stamos has a picture of him wearing a dress when he was 10 years old you know mm-hmm. And like I don't want that picture to come out and ruin his career because he was ten years old. His mom may have put him you know, like might have put him in a dress or this person may have been wearing like a black face outfit forty years ago when they were fucking fifteen years old. <laughs> you're doing right, dumb right. things as a teenager. Why can't we forgive that person nowadays? So, okay, well that was forty years ago, you were a different person, your mind was different, you were in a different place, the times were different. Why well, well, I can't think, we I, think take if, that I think
3: if you're like a kid, I think if you're like a little kid who doesn't know any better like yeah. one thing, but you know, if you're like some some asshole at like some fraternity party college dressed in blackface. I mean, that's yeah,
4: different. yeah, yeah, that, that, you know, that it's is different. Like, very
3: different. totally yeah. different thing altogether. Like, let's, let's be clear, you know, uh, that is horribly wrong. <laughs> you know, I just going to be upfront and clear about that like, right off the bat. Like, I'm not oh. saying that, <laughs> like, that, like, you know, that people should be forgiven for that at all. Um, but you know things like that pop up and ruin politicians' careers and actors' careers and things like that. But um, but like yeah, outrage culture is a uh, is, is an interesting factor that I think that that you know affects the way things are done though. Definitely,
2: it's crazy. So post- I mean,
3: I like, Twitter, yeah. like I think it's ridiculous that that um, that uh, there aren't more women directing films. And now there's a whole, you know, there's a lot of women directing roles. There's not nearly as many that, uh, that, you know, men, men dominate the field completely. Yeah. And then you yeah. look at the, so, then you look at other things like, well, how many Asian actors are, are in lead roles in, in television shows or in movies? Not many.
4: There's not and many, people. man.
3: That and one's not so, you know, It's not her. And so, yeah. So like, you know, like people are now starting to get represented on screen and behind the camera. Uh, or in the writing room or wherever now, because people are speaking up about it.
4: All right.
3: But um, so like the, the the people that are like into like you know destroying careers over things, that that's another thing also. Uh, that's uh, a p- yeah. perfect. It's, answer. A, it's a weird. It's, it's a weird thing, you know. Something that you know oh, I again. Mean, you you. It's almost you're almost afraid to you know speak your mind about certain things because you're worried that like you know. Maybe, you
0: know, and it's not even about what you say, it's just else. how people will twist your words. Like, you could say something very innocent, and we can do like a two hour podcast, like we just did, and people will take yeah. certain yeah. sound bites and make it sound a certain way. And you got other things like deep fakes and all this other shit out there that people can twist whatever you say to fit their own agenda, and that's dangerous. Oh, yeah, it's very oh, yeah. dangerous stuff, you know. Yeah, right yeah things things
3: get taken out of context, too, also a lot of times, and that's that completely just, you know, I mean, it's. It, it, it's the you know <laughs> if you look at politicians. It's the art of war for them taking yeah. shit out of context and using it against their opponents. It happens all the
4: time. Yeah,
3: um, and uh, you know what's the defense for that? Oh
0: right. yeah. Well, do you have anything <laughs> coming up that you want to plug promote your Twitter page, your Instagram, everything? Plug it all right now. Is a chance we are. We are out of questions, but I'll tell you what. Wow! I've had more fun doing this interview than I've had doing any interview in the past. Oh, this
1: was fun. Oh, I was so, so nice nervous. I just had so much fun.
0: My wife is, is 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 here, and her cheeks are red, and she's been staring at your Skype picture. So I'm oh, very jealous it. right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm very that's jealous. So staring at your handsome face for the past two hours now, wow. I feel significant. <laughs>
4: oh my thank God. you
0: for, thank
3: you for saying that <laughs> i mean it's it's been you know, it's been really nice to, to you know hang out and chat with you guys and, but if people want to follow me on social media the best place you can find me or, or on twitter um and instagram and both of those handles are at john j uh and uh you can do the facebook thing you can find me on facebook you know i'm I'm on there also um I don't really engage as much on Facebook anymore. I, I I put up what I'm doing, but I don't I don't know. I mean, Facebook's kind of gotten weird, I think. Um, yes, it but is. uh But but um, I'm I, I I spend some time on Twitter and, and, and Instagram, and and uh, I've got a YouTube channel. If you want to check that out, it's just you know, type in John Tag, and that'll come up. And the Rolling Soldier, you know, watch the Rolling Soldier. That's on YouTube. It's so um, good. It's so good. It's also it's also on Facebook. You you know if you want to go to the Facebook page, all the episodes are in the video section. But um, I prefer people watch it on YouTube. You know, that, that way they can share it and, and talk about it. I'd love it, I'd love to have a dialogue with people on, on YouTube about it. So if you watch the show and you like it, you know leave some leave some comments or some questions, That I'm I'm more than happy to answer. And the other thing is, with you know with social media, I'm not one of these guys that. If you follow me, I don't follow you back. I try to follow everybody back. So mm-hmm. if I haven't followed anybody back yet, I have gotten around to it, but eventually I will. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd love to hear from people. And, and uh, you know, anything I can do to help you guys get the word out about this show, I will. I'm good at, you know, promoting. So, so.
0: Hey, man, like we're going to tweet this thing out in a little while. i got to get to work, do the editing thing, and all that good stuff, but... It's been a hell of a show, man. I had a really good time, and uh, you know, our nerves were broken the moment we started talking. I felt like we were old friends sitting in the room. Dude, I can't a few believe drinks. it
1: was two hours. Like, yeah, I was, feel bad was... that we kept you that long, but man, that went quick.
0: He's awesome. <laughs> well, it's my pleasure, guys. Well, cool. we appreciate you, John. Thank you for coming on the Voices of Misery podcast. And you know what? We're gonna have him back on hopefully soon if he agrees, <laughs> and we can and we can coarsen
3: any, anytime, anytime.
0: Awesome. All right, bud. You have a good night, man. Thank you. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks again. Bye. Hey, everyone. This is Stevie Richards. When I'm not doing Stevie Richards Fitness, well, actually, when I am doing Stevie Richards Fitness Resistance Band Training Programs, I like to listen to my friends on the Voices of Misery podcast. They talk about literally everything and anything. Some stuff that might offend you. So if you're not easily offended don't subscribe because they say whatever is on their minds is actually, actually subscribe, subscribe anyway. You might learn something and check them out anywhere you can download and listen to your favorite podcast. And of course, check them out at voices of Com.